everybody to AEW Dynamite Download, your home for all positive coverage on All Elite Wrestling. You got my co-host SPD over here and your boy Crayfish. And we are joined by the machine himself, Brian Cage. Brian, thank you so much for joining us tonight, man. Appreciate it. Hey, not a problem, man. Hey, you know you can tell there's no dynamite tomorrow because I desperately need to shave, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Well, I mean, honestly, Brian, um, it's wild that you actually have a night off because anybody who's been following your career, you're somebody who just is constantly on the go, always pushing yourself. I mean, I've been a fan of yours long before you got to AEW. And, uh, I mean – for me, when you broke on the scene, really, in my eyes, like your time in Lucha Underground was it, it really blew me away. Um, but tell me, I mean, for you, man, what was what were some of those early moments in your career before we get into the AEW heavy stuff? What are some of those early moments in your career that kind of made you feel like, man, like this wrestling dream, like this, this came true or this is this is real. Right. Uh, I mean, I guess. Lucha. OK, so. I'm about to backtrack the whole like oh where I started what we want to be a wrestler because like everybody asked that but um <laughs> uh so I, I told everyone like in high school and junior high as like you know I want to be a wrestler everybody couldn't believe it I said I guarantee I'll be signed to WWE by the time I was 24 which I did which is to me a huge accomplishment to set that goal set such a far out state and reach it um did I make it rain in no it didn't go my way in that regard but um I still did that so that was cool. But it wasn't until, and I kept saying this all the time during Lucha Underground, uh, rest in peace. But um, mm-hmm. I uh, I didn't feel the way I thought I would feel at like five years old to be a professional wrestler until Lucha Underground. So that for mm-hmm. sure was the first time I was like, I made it. And this is like, oh, sh- this is what pro wrestling is supposed to feel like. Like, nice. like I, I love AEW, the treatment there, the, the backstage stuff, the company itself as a whole is amazing. But I think still to this day, Lucha Underground. Is hands on probably the best thing. Like not not only product wise, but just like the attitude, the atmosphere, the back. Like it's never any other independent show, major company ever has had such just like an overall awesome feel twenty four seven. Um, and, and I and I, I don't think it'll ever be beat. And I always said too, like if it would have had the the channel, and even more so the budget that Allah and AEW or so would have had, we would be talking about Lucha Underground still right now because you'd be interviewing me from there instead of anywhere else. Like it was. It was so great. And I think that was probably, especially season two, season three, I think, I don't know if any company can compete with that roster that they had. It was phenomenal. So Incredible storytelling, gritty, willing to like kind of push the limits of what like wrestling is for people. And best, and best of all, different. Yes. Everybody wants something different, completely different. Yep. And, and I thought, yeah. I, I, I went, sorry to cut you off there. No, you're I good. Went into it, I went into it thinking, Okay, this is going to be kind of a cool payday for a little bit, but it's going to be a complete cluster. It's going to be a little bit of a shit, shit show, and it's going to, like, rise and fall, kind of like WXS or, or, or you know, the, the Lucha uh, the Libre USA or something. You know, so it's going to be come and go and, you know, whatever, because like, it sounds like no one uh, that knows wrestling's involved and this, that, whatever. And I got there, and I couldn't have been more wrong. It was so cool. It was so unique, and, like, yeah, I just it, I loved it, man. It was, and, I, and I met my wife there, so, you know, that was kind of Yeah, cool. yep. <laughs> more special for sure and right. i love hearing that story about lucha underground and just the positivity that runs there and it reminds me a little bit you know the positivity in the family and like you know the starting of aw because someone who believed in themselves you know tony khan starting this and he you know he famously coined you on his mount rushmore free agents and so talking shifting back to aw 
Uh, when did AEW first get put on your map? And, you know, how did that call go when you first got that first call? Well, you know, hearing that too, actually, it's funny. I actually heard that after I'd gotten signed. I was like, what? The Mount Rushmore line, which, I, which is <laughs> pretty good. amazing. Right? It's a pretty good little compliment and good saying. Um, yeah. So I was, I, you know, I was part of All In, and uh, I, lo- I loved that, and it was great. And I was talking, you know, to Cody and the Bucks. I think, uh, um, and even Kenny, they all, I get along with uh, all of them real well. And I think Kenny and Nick are probably my two bigger fans of the crew. But, um, and needless to say, they were talking about wanting to do something with me for Double or Nothing, <laughs> which was like, it's technically the first, first AEW show, right? Right. Um, and I was Impact World Champion. I won the title. I was out because I hurt my back in that match. And so I was out for like six weeks, but I was uh, pretty much good to go, like right before uh, Double or Nothing. And that was going to be my tech, my first match back. Mm-hmm. And I was a super surprise. Nobody knew, um, not even the people in the Battle Royal. And uh, I was, I remember too, like Cody's like, hey, I don't want to insult you and put you in the Battle Royal. He's like, oh, but it'll be, a, you know, be for more contenderships is not like a throwaway battle royal. It's a good battle royal, is it? But we can't have any of uh, our signed talent, you know, go under you since you're not signed. He goes, but we don't want anybody to be able to beat you. So we figured, okay, if you're in the battle royal, at least that way, if you don't win, you're not losing per right, se. Right. You're not getting beat, you know. So I mean, I, I was fine with that, and that was a compromise. And it was so cool because it was, it was super hot, you know, new thing in town, and everybody was so excited for it. And I was there the whole weekend, and nobody knew. Which to keep a secret in wrestling these days is so hard. The fact that nobody knew anything about it, like I said, even the people in the match, they're like, once we start going to the match, like, holy shit, you're here in the match. Wow. That's uh, awesome, man. They were putting me over huge in the match. I was I was eliminating the, uh, a good amount of everybody, and it was going to come down to me and Paige, because uh, he was going to be the Joker. And uh, once Impact found out that I was losing, not winning, they pulled me from the pay-per-view. And I, I remember I was so hot, and I was arguing with them, and so was Kenny and Jericho. Oh. With with Don because Don was with Impact and then which funny enough too right because then you fast forward eighteen months later or whatever and then Don's working at Impact in AEW but right. needless to say I've I brought that up many times um, so like literally like maybe not even two hours before the match I get pulled off the show like wow. and I was going to do it um, anyways because they were threatening to sue me and I'm like technically from how it's worded in my contract and because I still technically was like uh, under L Ray contract with Lucha Underground, which is what uh, that's how Phoenix and Pentagon were able to do. It's uh, on top of the uh, thing in the kitchen. Um, that's how Pentagon and Phoenix were able to do it. So, no. ultimately, I was, like, I was like, okay, if we, if we think if they're actually trying to sue me and like take me to court, I'm like, I'm going to win. Uh, I want, oh. but um, Billy Gunn and Tommy Dreamer both pulled me aside. It was like, look, listen. He goes, regardless of what says in your contract, he goes, if I were you, I would not do this match. He goes, I know it sucks, but here's what's going to happen. You're still going to, if they go through with this, they're going to pull you into the court. They're going to pull AEW in the court. Even if you don't lose, you're going to have to spend money in court. You're going to make impact and AEW spend money and time in the court. And now you're going to have two major companies have heat with you. He goes, and you're too good of a talent to like be kind of left hmm in the middle between all that he goes so i know it sucks but i would just bite the bullet and not do the show and then move on going forward hmm. so i did that and i was all apologetic but and that was the first time i met tony he was really cool about it you know him and everybody else were very all apologetic about it to me where i'm like i'm the one trying to say sorry make amends 
And right. funny enough, it's funny because Adam Page is like, you know, we'll hope, you know, hopefully down the road, you know, once you're no longer under contract, we'll just sign you. You can come here and we'll do it properly. And so it's funny that the following year, Double or Nothing, I debuted. And then the Double or Nothing after that, I actually worked Adam Page because that was yeah. the, the original, not match, but it was going to come down to me and him. So it's kind of yeah. funny how that worked out. It was a great match, too. But, but yeah, it's so since that, I was, I, I was, uh, I was pretty into wanting to go to AW. It wasn't, you know, certain I still was negotiating with the impact and everywhere else because the, the option or the possibility of me going somewhere else was still there, you know, just in case, but mm-hmm. also right. I wanted to go to AW. And then, um, I talked to Tony who somewhere at the end of December of 2019 and, uh, yeah, we pretty much worked it out. And then originally too, I was going to try to debut at the Jericho cruise and then it went to, uh, the first dynamite in February, but but I tore my bicep uh, my the, what, the second weekend in January, my last weekend with Impact. Man. So then I had surgery, and that was that kind of changed everything that what, what we originally wow. planned. But again, talking about how great that company is, I wasn't sure if I if it was fully torn or not, if I was going to need surgery. And then obviously, you know, whenever any wrestlers hurt, they would sort of fave it or underplay it. And mm-hmm. I even thought about the idea of like not having surgery and just bypassing it. And Tony hit me up and goes, "Hey, man." Um, I get it. I'm sure you're worried because you know because in WWE, if you have any sort of mild injury, they rescind your contract. So I've had that happen before too. Where wow. I actually got re- I actually got resigned to WWE after I had left there, and uh, and then they rescinded my contract. It's happened to me. It's happened to Willie Mack. It's happened to quite a few different people. Oh but um, that, that's what happened actually to Nigel McGuinness when Nigel McGuinness got signed there. Then I he went to love. Impact. I used to love yeah. Nigel. Yeah, he, you guys' contract rescinded. So like, yeah. So if I would went there, they would. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. We're gonna go ahead and rescind that contract. You know, hit us up in six months and see what happens. Um, which is a big kick in the pants, right? Right. So Tony, Tony was super cool, buddy. Because don't worry, he's like, it's fine. He's like, we still so want you, we still believe in you, we're still gonna sign you. So you know, just go ahead, go get the surgery, you know, rehab it, rest up. We'll, we'll pay you, we'll take care of you, and just when you're ready to go, let me know. So wow. like, nobody would does that. And, and it's it's and it's uh it's understandable too because I, I use this analogy like. If I'm gonna buy a car, actually, it actually happened. I was gonna buy a brand new Corvette, but they were uh, they were out of stock until July of next year. And I'm like, well, why would I pay for a car? I can't. I don't even have for a year. I'm like that doesn't make any sense. So it's kind of the same boat. Like, why would you pay someone that you know you're not gonna be able to use for an X amount of time? Yeah. You know, I I wouldn't have been mad at them per se because that's that makes sense. I mean, your business, your job is to make money, right? So. Um, and the fact that the you know the injury didn't happen on their on their watch, so they really wow. didn't have to do that for me at all. But the fact that they did, you know, I uh, I'm very much and extremely thankful for that. So, well, and it it sounds to me like honestly, Brian, it's wild hearing you talk like that about like with Impact and AEW because we're so familiar with like the Forbidden Door being opened and you guys, yeah, all before my time, yeah, or after my time, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You thank God that you were had such class and like didn't blow it up and and because who knows that whole relationship could have been ruined before it even started if you would. I mean, I, about I, it. I mean. Psh- Right, too bad it, it could have started with me. I even said the joy. I couldn't believe it. Like when I was talking to uh, Ed Norholm too, who's like the actual owner of it uh, of Anthem. Um, I was arguing with them all, and I even told them like, "Look, this benefits you guys more than anybody. It's like it's an awesome opportunity for me, which benefits me, but it's like hugely. It's cool for AEW, but it really doesn't do much for them. But for me to walk out as Impact World Champion and decimate right. a bunch of the, their their roster and right. almost win the shot the title, like at this." 
even if we never did anything again, the Forbidden Door never happened at all, period, ever. Right. Like, it still would make people go, oh, are Impact and AEW working together? Or are they going, you know, all these what ifs could have happened. You, you clearly get the business. I mean, you're right yeah. on the money, man. I mean, like, that, the buzz that would have been around that moment with you walking out with the belt around your waist. Um, oh, they even said that, too. Uh, I forgot about this. Because Scott and Don told me this afterwards. They actually, when they were um, trying to negotiate with Impact, let them do it. They're like, okay, look, if it's that much of an issue to you, like, we'll loan you guys Adam Page and have Cage go over on him on Impact then. Wow. And wow. Uh, they, they said no to that because they didn't believe that it would really happen. So huh. I was like, well, I was like, I mean, because I guess they could have said that and I had to follow through with it. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's still the possibility of it happening, whereas obviously if I don't do it, then there's no possibility of it happening. So, yeah, it just it, – it literally had nothing – the impact had nothing to lose from that at all and everything to gain. True. So – and like you said, I'm like, if I go out there and they're going to put me over, even if I don't win, but they're going to, you know, <laughs> let me shine all their talent. And if I lose a battle royal, no one's beating me. It's not the impact champion. I'm just getting thrown on the top rope. Like, who cares? Yeah, exactly. But, it doesn't. It doesn't make you look weak by any stretch. And, and honestly, though, I mean, we talked a lot about you being Impact World Champion. Since being in AEW, the the main goal that you've had has been that FTW Championship, and that experience was was <laughs> has ended on a bit of a sour note. Um, you know, you're coming fresh off of uh, like a pretty brutal street fight with Ricky Starks. Um, you mentioned, you know, some of the injuries that you've accrued over your, over the course of your career. I can only imagine how you're feeling right now after basically a three on one fight um, that you had with Ricky and team Taz, you know, Brian, give us a little insight. How are, how are you feeling about that match? And, and how are you oh. feeling about that chapter? Okay. So <laughs> uh, I didn't know where to begin with the chapter. So, <laughs> the the FTW title too, which I never uh I never asked for, obviously. It was just gifted to me, it was handed to me. That that's cool. It was neat. Um, but it wasn't anything I asked asked for, and I don't think it was anything that I that I needed. Mm-hmm. And even more so, we never really did that much with it. So um you know, it it, it was cool, but it, I don't know. I I was indifferent on the whole thing. And then obviously how it all ended, how I lost it and everything else. Um, exactly doesn't sit very well with me, but I do think that uh, where we've gotten to with this thing, A, I think has taken longer than it probably should have to have gotten there. Um, and then now, even at this point, like, like, yeah, I'm so mad. And yes, I want my retribution and I, I still want to beat Ricky Starks and, you know, who, who better than cage, but, uh, when it's one-on-one, but at yeah. the same time, I don't know, like I'm almost I'm almost uh, okay with moving on just to just to move on at this mm-hmm. point as well. Like like it's yeah. kind of caught in the middle of that too, where it's like, oh, I, I still want you know whatever Team Taz is barred from ringside kind of stipulation. Or but at the same time, like I don't know, the idea of finally actually moving away from Team Taz and doing something else sounds pretty damn good as well. So I, yeah, I know it, I mean, it, it seems it seems a little open ended. A little bit, and I mean, hey, with that long-term storytelling, we could always fall back to it. But I, I you know, come this weekend because I have no idea what we're doing in Miami. Ah. Um, but come this weekend, if it's if we move in a totally different direction, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be terribly upset about it. Yeah, Team Taz. I mean, his mentorship seemed positive at first, but he was it was rubbing me the resident babyface the wrong yeah. way because it seemed to use <laughs> you for his own personal agendas. You know, he was using you as the muscle. Well, 
And exactly, um, you know, I, I said I said that to you. I was like, I was like, look, Taz, you don't really care about me. You don't care I go out there and how I'm, how I'm being looked or represented. You just care how it makes you look. I'm like, you're just really trying to live vicariously through me. Right. And I'm like, and I feel like that's why I give the FCW title and pitch that and this and this. Because like, I, I thought he was going to ask me to do the Taz mission. Like, don't ask me to do the Taz mission. I do the fucking Taz mission. <laughs> but, um, but, but yeah, I, I felt like it was almost more of that than, uh, than anything else. And yeah. then we started to kind of have more and more disagreements so that, you know, we would see things or think things or, you know, stuff that, that you, how both of us would perform. And, you know, it just, I don't want to say we were budding heads, but obviously it wasn't working out. And then, it just kind of uh, fell through with everybody else. Actually, I I, I don't really butted that many heads with Will or uh, or or Hook. Actually, it was more yeah. with with it was more with Ricky trying to steal the stuff spotlight, and then Taz <laughs> kind of trying to live vicariously you know through me. So that was that was kind of like that. And even Taz and Ricky would bump heads a little bit too. So that little love triangle, if you will. <laughs> More than exactly, never, yeah. never works out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys created a lot of great TV, a lot of great matches. Uh, you know, that cinematic match was absolutely oh, a home the best run cinematic match. Slam. Oh, one of the absolutely. best things we have seen so good in wrestling. I mean, I mean, come on, tell, tell me a cinematic match, cinematic match from any company that's better than that one. No, there isn't. I mean, it was amazing. There isn't one. So well done, too. Really helped break Sting into the AEW fold in a, in a really good way, Brian. All I mean, four of you guys. I'll tell you another little little uh, inside info too, which I didn't. I, the scene told me afterwards was that was the first time Sting's ever broke up at too in his entire career. He's never broke up wow. at him, and I also he do it. It hurt like a mother. As well. <laughs> <laughs> but you are a machine for a reason, right? Well, <laughs> yeah. The, the, that, the, the baseball bat to the snow shovel to the head. Yeah, I was I was feeling both of those. I was like, Whoo! So, that's about it for me. Those two talking about closing a chapter and opening up a new one. Those two guys are kind of outnumbered right now. And I know you got some history with them. We were kind of fantasy booking it on one of our shows the other day, like Brian Cage kind of intertwining with, with Sting and Darby. I mean, very well, you know, stuff. actually, <laughs> I, I, did, I did see that. And I was thinking, I don't you know, know. long-term storytelling. Well, I was thinking, you know, if, uh, if somehow me and, uh, or MJF and I were in this, Title tournament, which also I believe you guys said like that match, that would be an awesome match. Oh, Obviously, yeah. Pinnacle would get I'm sure involved with for MJF. But then, hey, what better way to have you know the enemy of, of my enemy is my friend and have the little long term you know respect come back that I paid yeah. Sting and Sting Darby come out to get the revenge, but also help me. So I mean that it, it kind of flows together pretty well. And I mean, let's just say this too. Obviously, Hangman's gonna uh, face Kenny for the title. I assume at the pay per view, mm-hmm. and more likely, I would I would be uh, cheering and thinking that uh, Hangman's you know going to finally capture the title. Now, I almost kind of rooting for him to do that as well because, as far as I look, there's only one person that's pinned him yep. this whole year, anyways, and we're one and one, so we might need a rubber match. Huh? So again, that all just kind of flows together yes. pretty nicely. Love it. We'll Love see. We're we'll all on board of that for sure. That would. Be I amazing. mean, hey, if we go to the title tournament, it's a good t- transition for myself to get away from FCW and Team Taz. And then yep. we have the MJF, Steen, Darby, and like little connections during that tournament. And then if Paige wins the title, and me and freaking uh, Paige can go and freaking have a rubber match. And then after that, then I can still be Ricky Starks again. So, love whatever. it. <laughs> wow. See, all these good things that are coming out of like closing that chapter. I love it. There's so many, like you said, so many opportunities and possibilities down the road. SPD, I know that you're, you're geeking out about the potential. Brian, do you think that like, 
that match is that like that that sting match i mean that was one that i know spd you loved is that you think that that's like your highlight of the of your time here in AEW or uh it's my my best match is my with hangman double or nothing for sure but uh as far as like history making i'm sure the sting match uh does more too because it's more unique and you know there's obviously more variables that go into that and i remember i even told jericho jericho came and put over the match to us afterwards and I was like, right, it's like the best cinematic match has ever been. He goes, second best. And I go, ha, ha, ha. I was like, no, it's really the best. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> you had to give you a little underhanded compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, hey, I mean, honestly, uh, for me, uh, as a fan of yours, dude, I- I'll be honest with you. Um, a thing that I think you should be most proud of um, is the, your your appearance on Dark Side of the Ring. Um, I thought, oh, thank like, you. Yeah. I mean, um, that show it's, it's hard. You're, you're dealing with very like deep, tough topics and, you know, no, no bigger case than Chris Canyon and all that he went through in his life. I just felt like you handled yourself with such class and you really represented him and your friendship with him in a way that couldn't have been easy. Um, can you share like, you know, the thing that I felt like, even bigger taking away from all that was some of the life lessons uh, that you gained from your relationship with Chris. Can you share, uh, you know, some, some of that with us? Uh, are you talking about like, when he came out to me? Is that what yeah. You're to? Well, just, yeah. I mean, like, like his, his life and what it meant to you going forward, you know, like obviously that, yeah, him coming out to you, but you know, how you reacted to all that and how that helped change and transform you going forward as a person. Well, yeah, as I mentioned that too. And I remember even my wife was worried that I was going to get canceled or uh, get hate for saying that. I was like, no, man, I said it. And I've, whenever I've told the story to anybody, I would say it truthfully. And I think too, it came across differently for me. Um, I know he was, he told me, and I know he's told other people too, that he was really nervous. I'm sure he was for everyone to come out. And I think because we've, we've created such good bonds, created such good friends, but on the base of that friendship was still this like idolistic hero, you know, person that I'm, that I'm looking up to that I can't believe that I'm friends with, you know, and our friendship is kind of superseding that, but there's still that, that that's the core, like foundation that kind of built on was like, you know, me just putting this person on such a high pedestal. Hmm. And again, so, you know, so for my age and for, you know, the time of the year, stuff, and even in where I lived and everything else, uh, obviously that wasn't like common or, or promoted and I didn't have any like animosity towards it, but, um, so when he came out to me, that, and that's what I said. When I was like, like, bummed at first, like disappointed. I think that came from like, um, from like, oh, looking up to my my hero kind of aspect. And we got the phone, and uh, like I said, I was like, as I'm walking back downstairs to to, to clock back in, I was at work, and um, I started thinking about it. And as long as I go, wait, wait, why am I sad? Why does that even matter? And I'm like, like, I was a fan of him. Be- to begin with, from what he did in the ring, you know, mm-hmm. like nothing else. To, like in his personal life, period, is as a wrestler. And then our friendship revolved from that. And like, how does that change our friendship now at all? I'm like, he's still the same exact person. I go, it doesn't. I go, oh, it fucking doesn't matter. And this is really just like that. I went from this like kind of like shock, like oh no, like bummed out <laughs> feeling to like oh, I don't care. And then like it was so cool, and he was so open about it too, and so chill. And like I remember he would like dog on himself and make jokes about himself all the time. Like he was such a cool. Such a cool dude, and he was so, uh, so giving to talk about life. So giving, so selfless, which is an incredibly that was incredibly rare to have somebody you can't really say anything bad about. 
um, which KN fits that bill. But he was so incredibly selfless, selfless, like almost too much was almost a, a, a fault. Um, just, just such a, such a giving awesome dude. And just, I mean, I, I wanted to be, uh, like him in so many ways in that, in that regard, just as far as being so, so giving, so nice. So just fun loving, just, just being a respectful, just all around good person. And then just such an amazing, uh, not only an amazing performer, but amazing original creative performer. Like, I mean, as a, as a young, you know, teenager, I was amazed on, uh, not just how good he was in the ring, but to just all these, like, his punches he threw were great. The punches he would sell were great. All this, he made everyone's moves look so much cooler. Like it just on top of all, obviously, all the cool moves that he invented and made up. Like he just he never did anything bad. Like I remember, you know, back at wrestling when I was twelve years old, and I would emulate him and try to do all his moves. And obviously, yeah, we talks about the good old N sixty four days and uh, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. there was to be revenge and how awesome his character was in that game. And like that, there's just so many good things, man. I mean, I I, I want to say like, uh, and and SPD, I know you're itching to talk about the offensive side, but real quick, Brian, I mean, it's so evident that his friendship was was so important to you. Who are some of those people that are like, who are your friends now who help you know keep you in check and that you turn to, um, you know, like tough tough times on the road if you're injured. Who are those people in your life right now well, in the business? I mean, I also have I have several friends outside of a uh, outside of wrestling, right? So they weren't like. You wouldn't know who they were. Um, being able to travel all over the place, it is nice too that whenever I go to, you know, a different city or different states, like, oh, cool, I can see this person. Oh, this person's in town. Like, you know, I have all these friends across the nation and, cool. and across the world for that much too. But, I mean, wrestler-wise, um, uh, I mean, the first the first four friends that popped my head were probably like the four like, closest ones to would be, he's not retired, but Brandon Bonham is one of my best friends. Uh, he was kid crazy from Minnesota. He had my debut match at PWG and his band, actually um plays like all like all like the the highlight video packages for mm. all the pmg highlight reels that's nice. his band he's, he's a drummer for it but he's an awesome awesome dude um uh tessa's a great friend of mine flip gordon's an amazing friend of mine and then uh chris dickinson as well he's a really really good close friend of mine awesome. um those are probably the, the four that like i hang out with like and uh talk to a lot of cool stuff um casey navarro as well he's my unofficial son as you call it, I'm like his wrestling dad. Um, uh, uh, so Chandler Hopkins is a pretty good friend of mine now as well. I'm sure he's anybody he's coming up. He's pretty good. Um, Hammerstone. Yeah, there's um, so many good know, things about him. You know, as body guy, as body guys, got to stay together. You know. So. <laughs> <laughs> so to speaking you know back to chris you know he was known as the innovator of offense and and that's one of the things that we truly love about watching you in the ring your offense is just so unique your power and control is really unmatched in the business and we haven't seen anything like it i mean you're catching guys out of midair you're, you carry darby up the steps you know the drill call and your agility and strength but you do it all in a safe way yeah what are some of your favorite moves that you like to do that really get you going in the ring that you like to do over and over Oh man! I mean, the catch suplex is pretty dope. The catch suplex oh. and and the it's really the dope. Omen, uh, it's, it's it's just every time when I when I catch it so clean too. It's always like it is. It's like it's just like perfect. It's like oh, you. Know, it's, it's like when you hit a. It's nice to be a big skateboarder as well. So it's like when you hit like a manual, you hit like that perfect balance spot. Yep. It's just like boom, caught him so good. Um, the the deadlift suplex, which is also an homage to Canyon. Um, that that always gets great reaction, and and so many people who have never taken it before. They're always like, I don't know. Are you sure you can get me up? Oh, I don't know how it's gonna work. Like physics is incredible. Trust just I'm gonna, I'll get you. Don't worry. Don't worry. You're gonna get over. <laughs> um, uh, 
the the screwdriver, the drill claw, I do love. Oh, Sometimes it's quite way better than others. Um, it's a sketchy move, man. I'm not lie. It's a little. I remember my friend was a big Scott Steiner fan. Um, it made me a bigger Scott Steiner fan. Always wanted me to do it. He would say, like, "Oh, for athletic you are, and Jack you are. You're like the new Scott Steiner. You should do. You should do the uh, the screwdriver. Do the screwdriver." Yeah. I go, bro. That's a, uh, that's a that's a scary move, man. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if I don't want to give it to anybody. Damn sure no one's gonna want to take it. Like, <laughs> and then my very first one I ever did was was at PWG Battle of Los Angeles against Aerostar, and I I was like, you know what? <laughs> Let me test run this on Aerostar because he's so tiny. I, like, I can throw his ass up to the moon and catch him. He'll be fine. Like I felt like confident. <laughs> I won't. I won't paralyze this man. And uh, it was amazing. And then I came to the confidence. And then the second one was the Jack Evans, who also is made of rubber. So I'm like, I won't hurt him either. And uh, I love it. And then after that, yeah, I just I started getting so confident. And then I, I don't have a problem doing it to anybody now. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's there's certain times where like like in a smaller show, or if it's like a smaller match, or like an indie show, I'll do it. Uh, there's like. I guess I do it in a safer way, and then I do it in more like the it's safe regardless. But right. there's like the safer way to do it, and then there's like oh, I definitely look like a killed you way to do it. And so when it's like the uh, a smaller show, I'll do it the, the much safer way, just because there's still always a risk factor. Mm-hmm. And you know, if it's, if it's a small indie show, the risk to reward isn't you know. Right. And, and and if I do it quick enough, fast enough, you can't really tell the difference. So because mm-hmm. right. there's times where I look like I'll totally spike a guy, um, and there's other times where it's almost like a like a modified, like high angle mission of the driver, which that's what I call it the safer way. Yeah. That that's a move that like is one of many that, I mean, you, we always marvel about it, Brian. You, you honestly, it's like, it's not just that you're strong, but that you have control over that strength and that power. You're not just ragdolling people. And, and it's one of the main reasons why we always have this debate on our show is like, are you, are you more of a baby face because your offense is one of you have one of those offensive arsenals that are just like it just naturally makes you want to just jump off the couch and cheer. Um, but you also have this aesthetic, and I've seen it when you lean into it, dude. You are a powerful, scary dude, and and you can really be that bad guy. Um, like. End the debate for SPD and I. What, what do you feel most comfortable? What do you? What feels right for you? What do you enjoy doing? You, you know what's funny is I actually enjoy being a face more. But in a perfect world, I would love to like. Okay, so if I would have stayed with Impact instead of going to AW, I was going to turn heel, and that would have been my perfect heel character because I was going to come out and celebrate with Tessa, some of her friends, for winning the world title, and then I was going to take her head off, and then that was going to feud with Tessa, then I was going to get my win back and get to beat the title from her uh, after I put her over on that tournament. And my, I, I would, I've never been able to be this heel either. Every time anybody uses his heel or brings me in, it's always to be the, uh, the strong, silent, like meathead high school yep. bully kind of heel, which I can't stand. Cause it's so um, just now is it like, it's it's it fits I fit the role obviously, but it's like just too like okay of course like that's stereotypical and it's just so vanilla to me like there's not a whole lot of variables or or uh, you know different things you can do with it and I I and I enjoy being faced because yeah I like I like the excitement I like the intensity I like you know I get to do more and more of my flasher moves so I'm not one that always buys into like oh you can't do that move because you're healed because just because you're a bad guy per se right. doesn't mean you're not an athlete. Like I feel, I feel like we've evolved from that. We're like, you can't do cool moves if you're if you're healed. Like I still feel like you can. Um, 
and even then, I don't do like I used to give away uh, a lot of my fancy like high flying and dives like all the time. And then like the more and more people knew I could do that, I would do it less and less and less to make it more of a special thing. And even yeah. then, now like I haven't done one dive in AEW, not one. And uh, um, I also like it doesn't make sense to me too, unless I'm working somebody who's sizable. If they're not like my size or bigger. Like, you know, why is it make more sense for me to powerbomb you or to climb top rope moons? Like, you know, if I'm fighting jungle boy, I'm not gonna, you know, springboard moonsault on him. Like, what, what, what for? Yeah. Um, um, so I've, I, you know, I've changed that stuff around to make it make more sense. But just because whether I'm a, a heel or baby face, it doesn't mean I can't still do it. I would just kind of make, you know, do it the right occasion. Um, going back to it though, if I could be get over being myself as a face, all the impact, like, like in that situation. But then be able to turn heel, so it's myself just in a heel version. Mm. That is the version I would love to be that I've never gotten to do. Love anytime, that. Every time I've been heel, like AAA, Lucha Underground, AEW, mm. whatever, an impact doesn't really heel. It's always like this, like just like brought in as like you said, like the the big you know henchman, freaking right. secondary boss, meathead bully kind of thing, mm-hmm. which is just like, kind of plays this role. And then I usually turn face, and that's and then I'm usually just face for the the rest of the way. Um, so I'd love to get over and then just kind of get to be myself and then be able to transition that into heel because I actually think getting over being a face and be myself would actually let my natural personality show up more so I can be a natural heel and just be myself uh, as I would normally would be instead of just being like grumpy all the time. That's another thing too with like, like, and even when I'm babyface, I hate when I'm always like uh, perpetually pissed off. Like, all right, look, I'm, I don't got to have Mr. Roy Rage Cage the whole time, man. I can yeah. just, you know, I can't just go just have want to have uh, athletic competition or, or whatever. Like I don't want to just always be grumpy face and just like I'm so mad and angry and fucking like, <laughs> like yeah, I don't got to be the Hulk all the time. I can be Bruce Banner, you know. You, I mean, you brought up a, a couple people in, in when we were discussing that. Uh, I got to know what kind of styles do you like working best with. You know, high flyers, big men. What do you really oh. like to mesh with in the ring? You know what? I I uh, I like it all, and I almost challenge myself. I'm actually not the the biggest proponent of intergender matches so i've had quite my share and i thought like i've had very good ones but it was also almost like kind of as a as a as an fu i guess that, that certain people that would like critique it just be like look i can work any style with anybody you know whether it's a little guy a big guy you know chain wrestling the, I, like i want to be captain versatility where i could just do anything and everything nice. uh no not easily my, my go-to is more of like a uh you know, like like a cruiserweight style match, which which I guess is somewhat my problem too. Like I watch, you know, Will Ospreay and Ricochet, and it's an amazing match. And I have they have this like fifty fifty, just fly over the ring stuff. And I want to do that kind of matchup too. But then sometimes I watch it and I do try to do that match. It doesn't make that much sense because I walk out and sometimes I don't I don't always see or you know realize the size difference or how yeah how big I am. So yeah. Okay, we can make it work. And I watch it and go, huh? Yeah, maybe that looks a little funny. Like I don't know why. Uh, okay, <laughs> I need to change that around. So, um, but yeah, I love that. I love, uh, uh, yeah, I love the, the, uh, the, you know, the, the fast paced action. Like, I love four ways and three ways. Like, I love multi man matches where it's just constant action and just, you know, yeah. like doing six, six man tags with the OVE and stuff. Like, those type of matches are so fun and so easy. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I love just challenging myself to just, uh, to push the limits. Like, actually, my favorite opponents. Uh, which you know he's pretty much long gone now. Is uh, Michael Elgin? I loved working Elgin mm-hmm. so much 
And not because he's a guy that shared a similar mindset and style of work with me, but he's also a guy that actually could do, like, it makes it believable for me to sell, to, to put heat on me, to, to keep me down. And actually, yeah. too, he's probably one of the strongest guys. People talk about, so like, like, there's two different types of strength, too. There's just functional strength and gym strength. And I always put over, like, Elgin and, and Cobb being, like, two of the strongest guys I've ever been in the ring with. And I think I can outlift both of them, like, in the gym. But in the ring, man, especially Cobb, the, the, their, their functional, like, strength is just unreal. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you hearing you talk about that, it, it's making me, like, thinking about all these different combinations of people that – I'd love to see you in the ring with, and I know you mentioned, um, you know, it kind of, you've been making a lot of waves on the internet lately, uh, but you mentioned uh, oh, a, a dream match of potentially facing the beast himself, uh, Brock Lesnar. And, and I had a potential, I almost got to see a potential dream match between you and buddy Murphy. Um, but I know your body's kind of, you had to work. Oh man, stuff. man. I was so, I was so defeated about that. First of all, let's go back. Brock Lesnar would be awesome work. It'd be so much fun. I would much rather work 2002 Brock Lesnar yeah. than, uh, than now. Oh, because you have a full match, right? Not the German Suplex that fine. But it's <laughs> be cool. It's be cool either way. Um, yep. uh, the Buddy Murphy match, I was so hyped on since they booked before, which I think was in like June or something. Like it was, it was a good ways away. So hyped for it. And uh, I actually feel like I was more bummed that I missed that match than I. So I missed Newark that week uh, um, for AEW. I was so more bummed I missed that match that Saturday. And yeah, no, and that wasn't even that big of a deal. Like, uh, that, that's what was more frustrating, just the Philippines on this. So, like, I got stem cells in my knee, which were voluntary. I, volu- I did it voluntarily because I had them um, basically being sponsored uh, from the long, well, long story short. I was going to get most majority of it all sponsored for me. And I've got stem cells several times in Colombia and Mexico. And it, what it does too is it creates inflammation to signal healing. So whenever I've had it before, you always get a little stiff, you're a little sore. Like it's not like, oh my god, but you know, you definitely notice it. Like one of the last times I did it um, in Columbia, for instance, uh, I wrestled Elgin actually speaking with him at Warrior Wrestling. Like two days later, so like, and I was stiff and I was sore and I was I couldn't move by normally, but I was able to, you know, get through it. Um, this I don't know what the, I don't know what the difference was. I don't know what happened, but I got it in my my shoulders and my knees, and it was a little stiff, a little sore. Then a few hours later. I mean, my knees were killing. Like it was, it was almost top three most painful moments of my life. Like it was wow. again, terribly bad. And then, um, yeah, let's go into it. I ended up sleeping on the chair because I couldn't get up with my wow. living room. And just to, to be brutally honest, I had to, I had to, I had Melissa take a protein container and dump the remainder of the protein out of the big Ziploc, Ziploc bag and give me the container. And I would open the lid and I would piss in it like a bedpan because oh. I couldn't get up. Wow, I, that's all. That's all. That's how much I couldn't walk at all. Oh, like, wow. I was, I was, I felt like I was paralyzed. And then uh, wow. the next day, when I could move, my like not gonna move, but when I could try to walk, I, I grabbed this big chair and I just hold all my weight on it and I do this little hop with the chair and I just, I just drag my feet and I hop with the chair with my hands and just drag my feet. Wow. And so to go to the bathroom or you know kitchen where it would take me an hour and a half and the bathroom on there I'm all blown up and like in pain and it was like that for a good three days or so. And um, the very next day, because I got it done Monday. So I got the next day, and I'm like, the jig's like, okay, you know, 24, 40 hours, it sh- you should feel okay. And I'm like, dude, this has never been this bad. So I'm frantic about, like, what, what are we going to do for AEW? And I'm calling, uh, I'm trying to talk to Tony to figure it out. And I rebooked my flight, because my flight originally was at, like, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So I rebooked my flight. I bought a red eye, 
Like I paid for it myself too for this. I bought a red eye. I bought it first class. I got more room. And I called wheelchair service at, at both airports. And um, and then the longer and longer, closer and closer we got to you know depart departing, I was like, there's no way. There's no way. Like now I cannot get up and pack everything I need to pack. But I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do anything tomorrow. I'm not gonna be able to wrestle. I'm not gonna be able to do anything. And then not only cannot do anything, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to stand. I'm gonna be backstage. Like, I can't sit either. I gotta like be laying down or like in the chair with my, my legs wouldn't paint at all. Oh. I'm like, this is gonna be miserable. If I go back, I'm, I'm just gonna for what? Especially when I have to do anything. So I tell him, and he goes, okay, um, you know, just go ahead and stay home. It's don't, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And uh, so I'm a little bummed. And then come uh, like Thursday night, it's a little bit better, but not a whole lot better. And I was like, man, so I, I was hoping I could make the the Buddy Murphy match, and I didn't want to prematurely cancel on it but i'm like all right i gotta say something now because it's you know it's almost here and i can't leave the guy hanging so i told him and he goes okay well let me know how you're doing tomorrow night and um he literally waited till like the last minute mm -hmm. friday night to try to rebook it and uh uh what really sucks i told him too was like i know it's 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 how bad it is it's going to get better like out of nowhere because it's not a real injury it's just the, the inflammation and friday was a little bit better but i still like and he even offered to pay me more money to do the match like dude it's not about the money it's not about like I'm like, I literally will, like, I'll bump and I won't be able to get off the mat. I'll have to go over the ropes and pull, like, we, it, it won't happen. Right. And uh, I was like, trust me, babe, my knee was just sore and I could just <laughs> brace it up or tape it up. I'd go do the match, no problem. Um, but, of course, come Sunday, it was 100%. But come Sunday, when I woke up, I absolutely could have wrestled on Sunday. So I was like, one day, if it happened one day later or Man. if I had shot them one day earlier, it wouldn't happen. I've been so... That's what trying to trying to re get that match too now. I've, I've, I've reached out to so many different people trying to work around. And there's a there's one date in December that I'm uh, that's possible to have happen now. I have another a really good booking opportunity on that same day, but I keep on putting them on hold because I really, really, really wanted that match. So hopefully it happens. Hopefully it happens. I'm hoping so too, man. You guys' in ring styles would be absolutely killing oh, together. And, and dude, yeah, all those matches that he would have on. Oh, it was they, they were so great. They were so great. So. Absolutely, man. Like before we get into it, to wrapping this up, Brian, give me three guys who have been your biggest test to date, and three who you want to go up against. We just talked, buddy, so I'll I'll chop him in there. That will really you feel like would push you to before you before you hang up those wrestling boots. You got to get the, those names in. Um. Well, I won't. I'll, I'll say somebody else because, like I said, obviously, I I love working Elgin. I always thought that he would. Uh, um, give you some of my best matches. And also, he would challenge me to kind of do some stuff that was a little outside of my box as far as, like, kind of like uh, the formula of a match. Hmm. But uh, um, Tyson Kidd, I love him. I think he's one of the best mm, in the world to ever do it. All my matches with him and, and developmental stuff were always amazing. And uh, some of the bitches are tired now, and I never beat him, not once. So wow. and he's always joking. He would joke. He's like, don't worry, I'll give it back to you. I'll give it back to you. But, um, but yeah, he would, he would, he was just so effortlessly just amazing in the ring. Um, Loved working him. Mm. Uh, I always like want to jump on some names. Like, hold on, let me let me really just think before I say anything else. You know, I just well, I just recently worked, um, and I almost normally lead the majority of my matches with Paul Asa, But I just recently worked. Who I'm so glad is back. Who was amazing. It was Davey Richards. He was mm. phenomenal. So good. And we were actually booked five different times throughout my career, and, and always the show got canceled. He he canceled. Didn't show up. Whatever. So the sixth time it finally happened, and he was, I mean, I know he's been tearing it up and been back for a little bit now, but for how long the layoff he's been in, 
Uh, Underappreciated he, vet. Dude, for sure. dude, so good, so good. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, did a blow up roll, was in great shape, but it was just all his strikes were, were amazing. Um, it just, he was in his technical prowess. So the kid is just awesome. Um, uh, you know what, too? Here, I'll throw him out here. I only worked him once, one on one, anyways. There's a couple of attacks, but not, he's not a big name that a lot of people know from Japan, but uh, Nakajima from Noah. Was was also phenomenal. That's probably also one of my all time favorite matches. I don't um, that one up. It's he's so good. I feel like he has the best kicks in the business, mm-hmm. and uh, and it definitely like between language barrier and style, it definitely made us kind of put together a different match. And like I, Dave Meltzer, I think gave us our, our match to like a like a four and like seven eight stars or something like that. Like, <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Splitting airs. But, <laughs> but uh, it was yeah, that was a really good one. He he nice. definitely uh. Push me as well. And I, and I like that, man. I like, I can go out there and I can have, you know, like my style match and, and put it in no time and have fun. But I like it when I'm forced to challenge myself. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to be a guy that's going to go out there and, you know, say I'm going to work something multiple times. Like, all right, hey, tonight we'll do nothing so that we can make the next match easier. Like, no, I'm going to go out there and steal the show and have the best match possible. The next match, or the next time we work, I'll do that match and so on and so forth and so forth. And that's why right. I, too. I love this business. I think I'm working more Indies than the other, anybody else in the AEW. And, you know, I, I'm not financially burdened where I have to do it, but I do it because I love it. I love wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like, because I don't get to do as many matches I would like, or obviously the um, the style and the, the length of matches I would like. That's almost like my my fix. You know, it's my wrestling fix. It's my, my, my heroin <laughs> shot, if you will, like to, to, to get out there and get that, get that high. And then I, yeah. I don't want to stop it. I mean, I, and, and people, a lot of people have noticed that before too. And like, you know, whether it's a hole in the wall company or nobody's there, a lot of people are there, whatever. Like, I never want to, to phone it in. It's usually like sometimes I, I do suggest some stuff that probably we shouldn't do. And a lot of times it's my opponents like, ah, maybe, you know, we'll do this instead. And I'm like, okay, maybe you're right. Man, better. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I like to go out there and just, just go and, and give the fans their money's worth every time. That's what I love about AEW is allowing, you know, the creative freedom to spread beyond the brand, you know, that you're getting your oh, fix, sure. you're, you're staying happy and you're helping promote the product in other ways too. You know, Brian Cage from AEW is here and, and so forth and that. Um, as we're wrapping things up, I like to end our interviews with fast five, five random questions. Oh, so hold, first, on. hold on. Before oh, I get okay. to those, I didn't say my three matches that I wanted. I said three oh, matches. Three matches yes. A lot of new names in AEW. A lot of new names. Well, okay. So um I want everyone wants um me and Kenny too, which also two down baby face. Actually the uh the Will Hobbs match and a little bit in the slash match with Ricky, they started doing the terminator clap for me because I had to get that over so we have the dueling terminator claps. But um uh, yeah, exactly. I'll leave I'll leave Kenny out of it though, because that's a given. I, I really, 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 really want to work pack. Um, that's, favorite. <laughs> that's his yeah. like bucket list, or that's, that's his my top favorite wrestler, wrestler of all time. Planet, man. Oh, yeah, I, I, I would love to work with Pac. Um, I think, uh, so, I mean, we don't have a lot of big men in AEW, but we, you know, all the big men are good. Um, I would like to have a really good either. I'm torn between Luchasaurus and Wardlow, which one I'd rather have like nice. a, a boss to wall. I've, I've worked with Luchasaurus before, we, we killed it, and he's super athletic as well, yep. but. Wardlow is uh, underratedly athletic in what he can do. And I feel like we have almost more similarity to it. And we are actually booked to have a main event at Warrior Wrestling. And that was when I hurt my back from uh, from Impact. And we ended up making like a triple threat match. And it was in a cage with Austin Aries because 
his match got changed or whatever. But so we got to work a little bit, but it obviously wasn't the match that we could have. So um, either one of them would be great. And then as a third one, well, uh, Brian Danielson would be amazing. Um, and then my all-time dream match has always been AJ Styles since I started wrestling. Oh, man. What a list he just that is I mean, what a list. And, and, and that Wardlow one is not oh. far off. I mean, like we talked about earlier, the whole, you know, Darby Corner, you know, enemy, uh, yeah. enemy and you know, if MJF exactly. has anything to say with it, he'll sick his big dog on you. And that would <laughs> be like quite the battle. Perfect, the ring, right? for sure. Absolutely. We take our money now, please. I'm all in. <laughs> all in. Well, there's, I mean, and there's there's plenty more maps of that too. That, that that is one like you look at it both ways. It's almost like like Oh, kind of bummed that there's so many matches that haven't happened yet, but at the same time, that's the best half full. There's still so many matches that haven't happened yet at AEW that, you know, keeps it fresh. For quite some time. To come to work Great attitude. Week. Great attitude. You're right. Glass half full, man. You have so many, there's so many good things ahead for you, Brian. I mean, I know we've talked about it. The, the, the Team Taz thing kind of closed that chapter. Think about how many great things can still happen with, for the machine. It's exciting to think about. I mean, it really is. Very all right, fast excited. five. Yeah, all five. right, let's do First it. First one. First one. All right. Uh, I like to hit the gym too. Uh, obviously, you do. What is your least favorite exercise you do, but you hate to do it? Oh, <laughs> good question. No You're not skipping rest- leg uh, day. We know that. No, I know, but even but it's going to be a leg day thing. I hate front squats. I hate front squats. Squats are fine. Front squats, I hate it. I think maybe it's because I can't ever, I don't yeah. have the range of motion to put the bar like this. And with the bar like this, it just always kills my shoulders and wants to fall off, and it hurts my back. I hate front squats. Yeah, I'm not. I hate lunges, and it just. Oh, I don't know. I'm not. I lunging. just did. I just did. I just did walking dumbbell lunges the first time in years yesterday, and I loved it. I was like, oh, I haven't done this forever. <laughs> uh, dream cheat meal. We know you post a lot of great desserts. And oh. stuff, so what would be like your last meal cheat meal? <laughs> it is funny. I never post so many. You know, bodybuilder people and fitness people always post their their food to take. I almost never do. I only post like all the junk food, which is yeah. <laughs> so it probably looks like that's all I ever eat. Just all junk food. <laughs> Snacks, yeah. <laughs> um, Those cookies. Dream, dream cheat moment. Ah, oh, dang, I don't know. I mean, it's hard because like there's something I'm always different, you know, craving or something you all see. It's always something that's that that's over the top ridiculous sweets. Like it's you know, if I see like I just posted something the other day that, that I that I got and like was this freaking eight inch brownie cookie thing or whatever. Like what what is some Ridiculous, gargantuan, unique treat that's going to give me instantly, be instantly diabetic right afterwards. That's what I want to eat. That's all what right. I want to eat. Like, like right. you know, I like burgers and I like pizza and all that stuff too, but sweets is what really gets me going and like, it's hard for me to refuse. Nice, nice. So, okay, uh, favorite city to wrestle in? Woo. Uh, man. You've been all over. I know, I know. I'm trying to think like what's always like a hot crowd. You know, I. I've only been there. Uh, I've only been there four to five, but man, the Defy crowd is really awesome. Um, I don't know if that'd be a favorite city to wrestle, but I mean that Defy crowd is is really really legit. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think it's one I've wrestled for multiple people. It's always good. Um, man, I don't know because I mean Austin's great. Austin's pretty good. Austin's pretty great usually. Obviously Chicago. Um, uh, Indie wise, uh, top forward has been been pretty good lately. But yeah, maybe I'll go. I probably have had the most the most fun matches, 
with multiple crowds, but in certain promotions with either Russell Circus and Lucha Underground, which Lucha Underground, which is funny. Most LA shows are, aren't always like that, that good. Like that was like a yeah. really special crowd, but, um, uh, Austin's pretty good all in all. Same thing with Chicago. So I'd probably say those are probably the two more wrestling cities that I've, I've really got a hold of that I like. And everywhere in Australia. Anytime we did an Australia tour, really? and, and oh. through the roof. Awesome. That's cool. Um, so if you could create a team cage with you plus three others, past or present wrestlers, male or female, oh. who would you create? A team past or present? There's so yeah. many people there. I know. Oh my okay. goodness. Okay, uh, be present if you want. Go Let's ahead. say yeah. three people. Make it easier on them. Um, um, well, I mean, I guess I would have to. Uh, well, okay, then I'll. You said guy or girl, so okay. Yeah, any I'll, put, I'll, I'll put. I'll put. I'll put. I just told you like my favorite people, right? So I'll put yeah. Flip and Testa in there since they're both great. That's a guy and girl, and then for like a fourth, um, get somebody that's like. Not just my buddy, but somebody that's great. It would fit well in there. Um, maybe uh, that test of me. We mm, ran a fun one. Who would maybe like? Uh, I would say I'm trying to think of something from like WWE. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'll let you guys pick, but I'd probably say either uh, Ricochet, Morrison, or Keith Lee. I oh, like it. All right, you guys. That would worked be sweet. With, yeah, you got some history with some of those yeah. guys. I like all, that. all three of them. All three of them. Yeah, they're all. Yeah, they're all great. I mean, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, I like that. Five. If you could have any song be your theme song, what would it be? Like a, a, any oh. professional song. Oh, professional song. Um. Well, the, I mean, I did really like it for a long time. The, my new music's pretty dope. I love my yeah. impact music. I actually, really like my Lucha Underground music too. But my my indie music for a long time before I switched those was uh, Dream Theater as I am. So, I mean, maybe I just keep it that. And- there you okay. go. Love it. Well, Brian, um, you know, for us, it's been a blast talking to you. Uh, we, like SPD talked about, you're always sharing great stuff on Instagram. Um, and for those of you who want a little dose of uh, interacting with Brian Cage on social, where can we find you at, man? Uh, Brian Cage on Instagram. Mr. GMSI underscore B-Cage on Twitter. I always say that name sucks now. I thought it was cool when I made it. But it's, uh, I think, I feel like you know where ever finds it because there's so many other Brian Cages that are fake. But if I change it, I lose the blue check mark. So I have to keep it the same. Gotta keep don't, it. Come, don't come looking for me to fucking troll me, all right? Don't, don't do that. <laughs> no right. trolling. It's <laughs> all positivity here at Diamond right? Download. So that's what we're, we're aiming for is to uplift the environment, uplift the culture. And, and the, see the positivity. There's been, there's been so many times where I want to just, you know, not, not, I wouldn't delete my account for just freeze it. I'm like, oh my God, this Twitter. Right. It's, it's so hard. You, cause you always see a lot there. of people, man. It's, 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 it's a really a good testament sure. to, to, to your self discipline, though, because it's so hard not to like respond to so many stuff. We're just like, oh, and then you're like, no, just leave it alone. Because even then, a lot of times, too, people will, will troll you because they want you to respond. And like, you know, I feel like, too, a lot you're of people, right. too, are, are, are your oh, fans yeah. as well, and they feel like they can get a lot, a lot more out of you if they say "f you" rather than "oh, I love you." You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, poke the bear. Yeah, negativity, right? it's a negativity-filled culture. That yeah, the clickbait. Uh, you know, I, I will. I will say this though. I have because uh, there's a few different times I've wanted to say something to somebody where I don't, but then a fan will go on there and not defend me, but basically will say verbatim what I would have said to them, and I see that like, oh, perfect. So what I do then. 
just so everyone knows as I follow that person. That's because I can't I can't comment or get involved. <laughs> but like, but it's like a, a, a on the download, like a way to like kind of give the winky like thumbs up. Like you, it'll give you a little follow for that one. Thank you. Nice. Guys, so. <laughs> yeah, and, and I always think I mean you do interact a lot with fans on social. So if you are looking to get involved with, with the machine, keep it positive, get in there. Brian You can disagree with me. I don't care if you disagree yeah, with me. Yeah. Don't just come in there freaking spewing horse stuff. Like, yeah, 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 be respectful, of course. I always love when you share some of your old stuff too, when you give give clips and some of your highlights from your past. That's always a lot of fun going down memory lane with you, Brian. Thanks so much for, for sure, taking for time sure. with us tonight, man. Appreciate no it. No problem. Yeah, sorry.